0: Metunetra 4, The Aosarian Resurrection, The Initiate's Daily Meditation Guide. Preface, beginning on page 26. The self is devoid of energy and matter and is therefore a unit, eternal and infinite, uncreated. There is nothing that can be divided, multiplied, limited, extended, etc., These qualities were subsumed in the comedic term autum, the Godhead. It is this aspect of being that in reference to God is referred to by the designation of supreme being, Lord of all. But as we have seen, according to the comedic spiritual science, it is devoid of energy and matter and does not carry out its will, which is the function of the spirit, Ra, the shekhinah the mother goddess etc to carry out the to carry out the dictates of the godhead the spirit makes use of a number of faculties that composes it these are the netaru in the kemetic tradition devas in the hindu archangels in the angels in the hebraic and christian etc the reason that Westerners know hardly anything about spirituality is due to the fact that the knowledge of the spirit has been suppressed ever since the, pra- the patriarchal so-called monotheistic religions were made to dominate the world. The mother goddess of the fe- or the female side of God, the Holy Spirit, was pushed into the background or demonized or totally blotted out along with the human and divine rights of women. The claim that the ancient Egyptians were primitive and polytheistic was a campaign to suppress the knowledge of the spirit and its cultivation. Stop and consider where the source of all knowledge resides. All the mental processes, reasoning, association, memory, talents, etc., occur in the subconscious. The involuntary part of being, the not self, the spirit. All things come together in the subconscious and are even then revealed to consciousness. What the self, consciousness, knows is a drop in the bucket when compared to the knowledge that is the basis of the operation of the body, mind, soul, and all that goes on in the macro and micro universe. We can study something intensely yet not achieve anything at all were it not for the associative and memory functions that go on in the subconscious spirit. For the self to benefit from the understanding that 2 plus 2 is 4, the event has to be memorized and associated to similars both of which process take place involuntarily in the not part of self of being. The self cannot store any information as it is devoid of energy and matter. It is consciousness, but the act of awareness is valueless if what is perceived is not stored and associated with other precepts. What does this all mean? It is simply saying that the Godhead, the self, and the spirit are interdependent. The self needs the spirit to carry out its will, and the spirit needs the self to direct it. And what happens when you violate the interdependence between things? Western history. In in the Hebrew Bible, we are told that man is made in the likeness and image of God, male, female. What is meant here is Godhead, spirit, The Godhead, the father male, is one, and the spirit, the female, is many, composed of executive faculties. This is why the Bible uses the term Elohim for God. Elo is the Semitic name for God, and the ending, eem, is plural. The word subsumes in itself the oneness of the male aspect of God and the plural nature of its spirit. God and its spirit cannot be separated. Furthermore, we must reason. If man is made of male-female in the likeness and image of God, then God is male-female. And if God is unity, plurality, so is man. Try as you may, you cannot get around this, Better that you tear the pages out of the Bible than to perpetrate the foolish denials of the words of wisdom therein. For Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And his brother Aaron, head of the priesthood, received his priestly training in Egypt. The self-conscious and will... It is devoid of energy and matter, thus it is incapable of storing information, even of itself. Unlike the subconscious of man that performs the most complicated tasks in the universe without the need of education, man, the consciousness, will, must be educated in all things. And whatever another man can teach you, it eventually came from his subconscious or spirit. This is why the Greeks gave wisdom to the name of a woman, Sophia. In other words, these patriarchal, ultra-male chauvinists felt compelled to acknowledge that wisdom came from female side of the being, the spirit. In the comedic tradition of all man's spiritual being, blessings come from the goddess, newt, symbol of heaven. Incidentally, The Greek word Sophia of the Greeks originates from the Semitic Soph, which represents the primordial energy matter. Matter equals mother spirit. That is the substance from which the world is created. In this book, you will learn that the forces, heavenly desires that impel man's evolution towards godhood emanate from the 11 faculties of the spirit the transformations of Ra, as well as the laws that are the only means of satisfying these desires and realizing one's divinity. The so-called monotheistic religions made the Godhead responsible for all the activities in the world. This led to man's ignorance of the individual nature of his being, that he is composed of two opposed but indivisible elements— it led to the creation of a head and soulless culture. The culture that has dominated the world for the past 2,000 years has known nothing about the spirit, which which is the repository of man's genius, divine laws, talent, psychic abilities, spiritual power, mental abilities, and is the direct controller of all manifestations in man's body and world this is why we are now living on the brink of mass destruction the religion of Khmet therefore focused on the cultivation of the two divisions of man's being both aspects required cultivation the self Ausar, theology of self the solar cycle the not self Ra, theology of the spirit the lunar cycles theology of Ra the spirit man has to learn about herself and her spirit and their interdependence and interaction the spirit which is the energy matter aspect of being exhibits four modalities of energy that are explained through the morph- metaphors of air water fire and earth i have explained these in metu volume one Each of them manifests for a period of a month or a lunar cycle. Alternatively, their natures have been encoded metaphorically in the signs of the zodiac. The occurrence of a lunar cycle in a sign of the zodiac signals the high tide or optimum time of the year for cultivating the energy that is assigned to it. For example, the lunar cycle of Taurus, which is governed by Venus... Het Heru is a time for cultivating the modality of energy represented by Taurus and Venus and thus the mental spiritual talents and functions that are associated with them. It is a time to cultivate and awaken and enhance artistic talents romantic ability empathy sociability capacity for enjoyment and so on. You will note that these are all involuntary manifestations that cannot be summoned by an act of will. In Western culture, we must be born with these abilities and that's it. With the destruction of the theology of the spirit was lost the knowledge of how to awaken talents, genius, intelligence, and many attributes and qualities of the soul. I will focus on the theology of the spirit in volume 5 of the Metunetter. This volume is dedicated to the cultivation of the self, Ausar. Theology of the self, Ausar. Ausar is the unity of the spirit, its godhead, the self. Its cultivation encompasses all of the faculties of the spirit. Unlike the cultivation of each aspect of the spirit that lasts a month, the cultivation of the self spans the entire cycle of the year. It was the basis of the sacred solar calendar of Kemet and the reason behind the constructions of the great pyramids of Khufu, Khafra, and Menkaura. The changes in illumination, heat, Cold, moisture, and dryness that mark the nature of our four seasons of the year parallel changes that occur in the spirit's annual cycle of the receptivity of the self and its ability to manifest the divinity of man. The impregnation of the spirit with the will to manifest man's divinity is carried out in the month of February and the developmental pro- process progresses through the year and culminates at the winter solstice. This was the chief ritual of Egypt, which was reenacted yearly for thousands of years since prehistoric times. Man's realization of his divinity is not based on a linear program. It is a spiral that follows the circuit of the year. It is a solar event that is based on the waxing and waning of the spirit's two main modalities of energy as seen from the solstices, especially from the Northern Hemisphere. Winter, with its absence of light and heat, corresponds to the weakest state of the externalizing power of the vegetative functions in nature and in man. It is the optimum time of the spirit's receptivity to the will to accept man's will to transcend the human stage towards the divine as the year progresses the increase in heat and light of the spirit in summer causes the exuberant growth in nature parallels the developmental process of the involuntary process of the evolutionary events that are occurring in the man's spirit if the work has been performed triumphantly by the fall equinox confirmation comes at the winter solstice through a spiritual revelation that takes place at the time in the spirit of the people that have prepared themselves for the event. Initiates will make the circuit for many years before they attain the goal of becoming an ausar, a god-woman or god-man. There is no devil. The human or earthly stage of man-spirit infancy is the cause of all the horrors in the history of mankind. What would happen if the what would happen to the world if all the men and women strive to live by a divine standard? The chief ritual in the theology of Ausar is the weighing of words and the heart will. It consists of a series of declarations of freedom from sin, incorrectly called the 42 negative conf- confessions. You cannot confess to be free of sins. Freedom from all sins was the prerequisite for becoming an outsider. To date, the world has not witnessed any other religion or philosophy of life that makes such demands on its followers. This was the major theme of the ancient Egyptian religion from prehistoric times. It is the theme that runs through all of its scriptures. It was the mission of all citizens who could manage to go through the initiation process divinity was the birthright of all men we are all made in the likeness and image of god but are born in the image and likeness of the animal spirit that emanates the lower part of our being and rules the early part of our lives and must therefore evolve ourselves beyond it to realize our destiny to become divine. The solar cycle of the spirit, Ra. The undertaking of the process of growing from the human stage of life to the divine is controlled, like all things in the world, by the law of cycles. The annual cycle in this case. There is a specific time of the year to begin the work a time to cease efforts, and a time to reap the harvest. The part of the spirit that is in control of this process is intimately connected to the vegetative nervous system in man, and therefore to the vegetable kingdom. It is for this reason that motifs from nature and agriculture were strongly used as metaphors to describe as well as to conceal many aspects and secrets of the initiation process unfortunately most commentators on the religion of initiatory cultures could see no more than agricultural ceremonies and nature worship in these accounts since the timing of events in the year is critical to the initiation process as in agriculture the solar calendar is essential to the process The ancients used the signs of the zodiac and constellations, which are the markers of the segments of the year as storage places of information. Capricorn in the tropical zodiac, the goat, would thus symbolize the time of the year that certain religions reserve for the sacrificing of goats for the redemption of sins and so on. This is the origin of the so-called mythological astronomy, It was neither mythology nor star worship as we will see. The most important time of the year is the winter solstice. It corresponds to the time of the year when the receptive function, yin in the Chinese science, is at the highest level of expression. During the four days of the winter solstice when there is neither increase nor decrease in the duration of light the spirit is highly receptive to re all of the behaviors that have been cultivated in thought, speech, emotion, action, and habit since the preceding winter solstice. It marks thus the end of the spiritual year and the beginning of a new one. The spirit will then begin the process of giving outward expression to those things beginning on the 25th of December in the northern hemisphere in june 25th for southerners if what was taken into the spirit on the four nights of the winter solstice was the human self-image that is what will be renewed on the 25th onward if what was taken in on the four days was the divine self-image that was cultivated during the preceding 10 months then Ausar on the divine then the Ausar or divine self-image will be manifested to whatever degree that is cultiva- that it was cultivated if the initiate had succeeded in eliminating all sins, he or she will enjoy from that day on the full gifts of the divine spirit she he will become the vessel of God on earth and will thus be able to control his own destiny. To the ancient Egyptians, the realization of the divinity of its citizens was paramount. Divination meant that the person was intrinsically moral, able to meet the challenges of life with with equanimity, peace, which maintained the life force in a state of vitality and harmony, which in turn contributed to mental clarity and the optimal expression of talents and so on. This was the secret of Egypt's great success as a culti- as a civilization. To ensure the divination of its citizens, Egypt had to have, take- have a keen knowledge of the timing of the spirit's activity through the year. It needed a solar calendar and became the first nation among a tiny minority to have discovered it. An event that occurred in its prehistoric period, if we keep in mind that what as we stake the divination of its citizens and and the consequent social harmony and prosperity and the good spiritual afterlife, then we can understand the scale of the work that was undertaken. The work began with Pharaoh, building of the Great Pyramid at Giza. All four sides of this pyramid were accurately aligned to the compass, north, east, west, and south, with a minor error of about three minutes, a task of great genius. The alignment with the Earth's cardinal points enabled the pyramid to stimulate the Earth's movement in relationship to the sun. By surveying along its north-south axis, for example, you can gain an accurate knowledge of what is aligned in the starry system along the Earth's north-south axis. Given that the solar year is a cycle that is tracked along the Earth's cardinal axis, which lines up with the ecliptic, the sun's path, the pyramids serve the purpose for tracking the equinoxes and solstices. Two of the four shafts in the Great Pyramid point toward the southern sky that is dominated during the night by the star origin during the winter solstice. Astronomers have provided very strong evidence that these shafts pointed towards these stars when the pyramid was constructed 4,500 years ago or so. What is of striking importance is that while you can see Orion through one of the shafts, you can see Sirius through the other at the same time. This is no coincidence given the importance of these two stars in Egyptian civilization. Sirius plays a dominant role in the civil and agricultural solar calendar of the Egyptians and Orion plays a major role in the spiritual calendar. To emphasize their major role in the spiritual calendar oops, to emphasize their relationship Sirius is, lo- is associated with Aoset and Orion with Aosar wife and husband in the mythological literature. The appearance of Orion rising at night with Sirius following and triangulated with the shafts of the pyramid will signal the time of the winter solstice. Some scholars claim that the sighting of Orion and Sirius has shown above correspondence to the summer solstice but this is a great error. It is true that the stars will be so configured at the summer solstice but only during the late morning and could never have been observable by the ancient Egyptians as the sun prevents the visibility of stars. The association of Ausar with Orion is a major theme that runs through the pyramid scriptures. The association is simply pointing to the fact that the reappearance of Orion at the winter solstice marks the time for the manifestation and resurrection of the Alsarian spirit in man. Some authors have unfortunately interpreted these scriptures as a belief amongst the Egyptians that the spirit of the dead king actually traveled to the star. The zodiac of Den- Re- Denera clearly shows Orion as Aosar in the constellation of Taurus next christmas eve winter solstice if clear weather permits at night look due east and you will see orion rising with its three stars and how it dominates the winter sky the celebrated astronomer sir norman lockyer's brilliant research has uncovered many other techniques that were devised by egyptians to track the winter solstice he found many temples that had shrines and windows that opened to the sunrise or sunset at the winter solstice, serving thus as perfect timekeepers for the events. A very important record of the winter solstice observance in Egypt has been preserved by Pulchart. One underlined the passages that point to the winter solstice and its relationship to Alsar. Quote, About the time, in, conseq- in consequence of the increasing length of nights, the power of darkness appears to prevail. Willis that of light is diminished and overcome. The priests therefore practice certain doleful ri- doleful rites, one of which is to expose the public view as a proper representation of the proper grief of the goddess. An axe covered, an ox covered with the pall of the finest black linen, that animal being looked upon as the living image of Orius. The ceremony is performed four days successively beginning on the 17th of the above mentioned month. They represent thereby four things which they mourn. 1. The falling of the Nile and its retiring within its own channel. 2. The ceasing of the northern winds which are now quite suppressed by the prevailing strength of those from the south. 3. The length of the night of the decrease of the days. and 4. The destitute condition in which the land now appears naked and desolate its trees despoiled of their leaves thus they commemorate what they call the loss of Arias and on the 19th of the month another festival represents the finding of Arias's yes Ausar is with us End quote. the reference to the winter solstice are very clear Skeptics and naysayers will attempt to interpret Polchart's account as nothing more than an agricultural feast in which Alsar is the personification of the death and renewal of nature or the sun. First of all, all that is required is a thorough reading of the Kemetic scriptures to see that there is nothing about Alsar that can interpret him in this manner. We must keep in mind that the manifestation of our divinity is the providence of the spirit. We can only find Aosar, our divinity, at the winter solstice following a 10-month course of cultivation. The lamentation over the loss of our Al-Sar, our divinity, is an essential part of the initiation program. You will not succeed in it if you have not come to realize that your life, however, full of riches and fame, is in reality the image portrayed by the wintry condition of darkness, barred trees, naked land, cold winds, and so on, and that the state of affairs have been caused by the absence of your divinity, the loss of your Alsar. It must be resurrected. Sun Gods and Saviors the initiation for the realization of divinity is inseparable, inseparably bound to the annual cycle of the spirit and it is a high point in the winter solstice. The solar cyclic event is the source of the many sun gods and saviors. As the teachings passed from Kemet to other nations, it became watered down and hence distorted. This is easily understandable when we take note of the widely differing conditions between Khmet and the nations to whom its teachings were transmitted. The understanding the practice of Kemetic religion had the support of one thousands of years of ancestral tradition in two well-organized temples, educators, writing systems, bureaucracies, library, stable government, and so on. Many of the nations that received these teachings had less than 5% of such support system. Furthermore, many of the outsiders that were educated in the system only received a partial education due to many reasons. In addition to teachings, we're often at odds with the culture and traditions of the foreign students. We can see this plainly in the manner in which the Greek dynasties and Egypt practice the kingship and the Egyptian religion, their Hellenized version. A major change in the teachings is to be seen in the appropriation to an individual, the divinity that is everyone's birthright. Man is made in the likeness and image of God, not this man or that man and always male. The teachings of the ancient Egyptians that amid at the realization of divinity for all men and women were transformed into, religious, into religions based on the worship of one divine man. Always a male, Tramuz, Adonis, Mithra, Bel, Jesus, and so on. These divine men were worshipped as gods, while the godmen and god-women of Egypt were not. The latter simply benefited the nation and the world through their wisdom, their exemplary lives, their talents, and high ethics and morality in government. And here ends the reading of the preface on page 40.